Haven't changed, had much to say But man, I still think them cats are crazy They were asking if you were around How you was, where you could be found I told them you were living downtown Driving all the old men crazy Crash computers, to no microphones, to library debts, the podcast has returned. Ladies and gents, look no further. You have found us. <laughs> In all honesty, we did take a break. Uh, schedules got busy. I think we both got super busy and uh, library debt was real. I forgot to turn the microphone in for like three days. It was five bucks a day. And then somehow, remember that time we were recording in there and it was like down to the last minute and I was like, how much is it? How much is a late fee? And the woman was like, "Uh, it's like $5. I can take it now so you won't get charged. Do you remember that? Yeah, we got charged. I think I got charged, yeah. So that was like 20 bucks altogether. Um... Got a mic for Christmas. We're back in business. Uh, the computer did crash. Got that fixed, and then I try to like download. I try to, you know, try out the mic and get GarageBand up and running. And of course, my computer was saying it wasn't supporting GarageBand, which is some bullshit. So after playing it around, I, I figured out I had to delete the app, get it back, and. Now we're back in business. Podcast you, baby. It's a new and improved us, too. New and improved. Sitting here. Clauser's new mic. The laptop fixed. Drinking some MZT oil. Some MCT or, oil. MCT, yeah. Black, French-pressed Kenya coffee. And meanwhile, Loki, Clauser's dog, is trying to groom me, make out with me, bite me. I'm not really sure what's going on right now. Just being a little pain in the ass. <laughs> Let me figure that out. Anyways... So what you been up to, buddy? Busy man, work, school. Yeah. Uh, tell the tell the viewers about your life. Life lately, well, let's see. Um, cause I'm recently off the market, so that's taking up a little bit of my time too. So, happily, uh, I guess you could say happily, giving someone my time a little bit more than I have in a long time. Boy got a girl. Yeah, I would say that that's for sure, and. Uh, Working, um, just picked up picked up another job. I got a really good opportunity. Um, Jeremy Whitmore, one of our past guests, he uh, he's the head of advanced physical therapy in Elkton. Um, he reached out to me, seeing if I kind of wanted like a a job over there that could potentially like be marked as like intern hours in the future. And so I was, uh, you know, I was all for it. You know, getting paid a little bit. I'm over there three days a week. Um, getting my workouts in with him at lunch, learning a lot. It's kind of like a hands-on anatomy lab, really being in there. It's, it's great. When did you start that? Uh, I started the second week of January. So it's so you've it's been there for a few weeks now. Barely new. Yeah, I'm going on. I think this will be my third week now, third, fourth week there. Uh, still working at, at Finnegan's, bartending over there a couple nights a week. So I'll go straight from the clinic there. Class on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Um, just Giving, giving Paige my time when I can. Just busy, busy, busy. How about yourself, man? Uh, yeah, dude. Busy as well. Um, 
as far as the semester goes. Uh, I only needed 11 credits. I only had to take my capstone was the only required class that I had to take. Um, and then the rest I could just fill with whatever classes. And my dumbass decides, hey, fuck it, like, let's take some hard classes, you know, because it'll definitely better my career. So, you know, I could have taken my capstone, which is Econ 488, and I could have taken, you know, bowling or karate or some, some dumb shit, yeah, easy shit like yeah. that. Instead, I'm taking Finance 360, uh, Advanced Econometrics, and uh, Econ 300, which is like a new class, and it's it's math solely for economics. So like all the math you use like throughout your time at college, time at career, whatever. It's all reviewing that. So yeah, it's been a lot. It's it's been kind of shitty. Um, I mean, not it's like not too bad because uh, you know I've been doing the econ thing for three years now or whatever. So it's like you, you kind of get a grasp of it, you know, and um, you understand the subject a lot more. So it's not so much as that you're learning new material. Um, you're just kind of expanding on that stuff, if that makes sense. Yeah, and going more into, yeah, into detail yeah. about it. Yeah, and the workloads... Uh, the workload's iffy. I mean, like, it's not, like, a crazy amount of workload, but it's, like, you can't slip up in these classes. I mean, they're upper-level classes. You know, you're expected to have, like, some type of responsibility, some type of prior knowledge to these subjects. Um, so it's it's not, like, uh, it's difficult in its own way. You know what I mean? But it is yeah. time-consuming. It's a lot more uh, a lot more reading. The capstone's super writing-intensive. Um, but... All in all, I think it'll be good for my career, considering like I want to do something with data analysis. You know, if I were to get a job or whatever. So, I think like the econometrics, the finance, and all that shit's good for me. Uh, other than that, man, just same old shit. Trying to find a job for post college. Uh, trying to get in peak physical form. As to, always. As always. As always, and we'll get into that here in a second because I think we both have. Switched up some of our stuff. Oh, yeah. Yes. Constant yes. constant improvements. Yep. You're not changing things up. You're not getting better. Mm-hmm. You, uh, you found any, like, particular places or, or job companies or anything that you've been uh, looking at? Yeah, well, not so much companies. I mean, obviously, like, I know that the, the ultimate, ultimate destination uh, for myself and Jordan is... You know, New York City or uh, California. Preferably, I would love to be in San Diego because <laughs> I, yeah. I watch her brother's Snapchats and Jealous. it's like two degrees here and it's like 60 to 90 degrees there every day. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful weather constantly. But um, for right now, I mean, you know, I, I think I'm going to stick with like kind of a guaranteed option. Uh, or at least I say guarantee. I'm pretty sure it's guaranteed. And I think I'm going to get back with FEMA again, uh, at least for the summer. And hopefully that's, you know, a doorway into the FEMA thing. And if I get on with them, you know, I will get to do, like, forecasting data analysis um, in their financial department, which is pretty cool. Uh, government does work in a little different ways than other uh, firms that aren't government. But still, cool learning experience. And the greatest thing about them is that if I were to get a full-time job with them, 
Um, there's always an opportunity to get with FEMA elsewhere in the country. They have all different places, and they do have a place in New York City, and they also have a place in uh, Oakland, which is right outside San Francisco, although that's not San Diego. You know, it's still like an 11-hour drive. It's still California, which I would be super stoked about. So Yeah, yeah, um, right on. Yeah, other than that, I mean, you know, just kind of looking, honestly, it's kind of shitty of me, like, I just it's it hasn't been the main priority which it should be I guess but you know I'm just enjoying life right now <laughs> like you have to you know and I'm you know I'm I'm keeping a lookout and a lot of the main problem is actually funny because like we we had I had an exit interview today today was like assessment day for econ majors or I guess everybody who's a senior or whatever and uh, you know one of the questions was like how can they improve. And, like, you know, I'm not one to blame other people by any means, and I think, like, my lack of job search is, you know, put more on me rather than the school. But I do think it's funny that uh, through some of the finance classes I've taken, a lot of their curriculum, or at least a portion of it, is focused on the job search. So, like, for instance, like in my Finance 360 class, which I'm taking it just to learn more about finance, so, you know, I'm a senior taking this class. Most kids are sophomores or juniors. And you're, like, required to get your resume reviewed by, like, two members of the staff. And you're required to go to these, like, job fairs or these career opportunities. And, like, it's very, like, forced upon you to be looking for a job and to be getting help with, like, your job search. Uh, and a lot of the times, like... If for say like if I wanted a job this summer in finance, I should have been looking this past September. That's kind of usually how that works, which is really weird to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're planning in advance, like you know, nine months down the road when you haven't even taken your seat. Yeah, you don't know if you're going to have to retake yeah, 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 anything yeah, it's, it's, yet. Or it's a really odd situation, not. but that's that's just how it works in the business. And not to say you can't find a finance job after that, but like. Companies that go through schools to recruit and shit like that, that's when they're looking. You know, the so nine months prior to when you really need the job. Anyway, so finance majors are forced to kind of like be in that environment. Whereas econ majors, I mean, you're kind of left out to dry. You know, if it wasn't for this finance class, I never would have gotten my resume reviewed. You know, it was a good mm. resume regardless, like, because I have gotten it checked before. But I'm just saying, for, you know, it's like, Nobody's telling you yeah. to do that. And, like, I grant, granted, like, it's, like I said, I'm not going to put blame on anybody else because, like, you know, it's that's it's a part of the job search. You know, people kind of get what they want because they show initiative to do what they want. You know what I mean? It's, you know, you, you got, I put it on myself, but, like, at the same time, I think one of the improvements in the econ major, or at least other majors, is, like, you know, maybe they should kind of include that in the curriculum yeah especially you know in your later years should be more of a focus fortunately i don't have to worry about that well fortunately i guess i don't have to worry about that i'm doing medical stuff which has kind of a more direct path which is kind of why i chose it mm-hmm. it's no secret i mean you'll see a lot of other podcasts that really talk about you know how shitty it is that colleges can take and universities can take so much money and then a lot of kids are left out in the dry and there's no just direct path when in, into the work into the work field when uh, when there's jobs that need filled, mm-hmm. but there's not as much of an emphasis on you know getting people set right like 
like feed systems, like yeah. feeding people more right into it. You know yeah. what I mean? It is a shame for the amount of money that's paid that that's not more of a right. you know that your last your senior year and in, in some of those majors that aren't as uh, direct into you know I'm, I can go work in you know this hospital or that hospital you know other you know career like yours it's crazy they don't have things just feeding right into certain yeah. companies and it, yeah and it's 100% I mean and like I'm not gonna like you know like I said it's not completely the university's fault by any means no you gotta be self motivated you know and yeah you I mean that's some the main thing you're, you're a young adult but exactly I just think something that's so closely related you know what I mean like as far as business goes like as an econ major I could concentrate in finance to where I'd be forced to take finance classes or vice versa, if you're yeah. a finance major, you can minor in econ. But, like, it's weird going through both avenues and seeing how finance, like, really, like, forces you and guides you into, like, career after college. Whereas, like, an econ major, it's, like, not even the focus. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, uh... <laughs> I don't know, it was just kind of funny how the person that was interviewing, like, the group of students that we had today, you know, he was like, the main goal is for you guys to get jobs and, you know, make money and yada, 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 but it's just like, you all haven't really given us the resources to do that, at least not on the level that, like, finance has. Mm-hmm. Like, never once in my econ class have I been forced to get my resume reviewed. Um, obviously, there's... Well, not even obviously. Most of our the people that were in my group today didn't even know about like the uh, the career opportunities that are offered at JMU as far as like advice, like advisors that will help you pick a career path, review your resume, look at jobs, help you find jobs, help you apply for jobs, look at recover letters, the whole nine yards. And a lot of people just didn't even know about those resources. So even if, you know, your curriculum's not drawn to force you to, like, jump into the job search and, like, get ready for that shit, I mean, the least they could do is just, you know, make those resources uh, more known yeah. throughout the econ major. Which, in, in the guy's defense, like, he's the head of the econ department, which was kind of cool because I was fortunate to get into that group. There's, like, six other groups, but I got him. And he even said to himself, he's like... We need to do a better job making these resources uh, more well known throughout all the major or the whole major, yeah. So let people know about these things. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you. <laughs> what are you gonna do? You're kind of wishing now you would have taken this course like a while back. Well, it's not. Like last year. Well, I mean, this is this is just like a day like all seniors have to. Like, okay. Okay. It's a day des- designated for senior assessment. I just wish, like personally, <clears throat> personally. I should have been looking for jobs back in September. Yeah. But in my defense, at that time, I didn't know that that's when I should be looking for jobs. Yeah, you were just focused like, on yeah. getting through that semester. Exactly, you know? exactly. Yeah, exactly. I had no clue that's how the system worked. And granted, econ and finance and accounting are all different. But like in my case, I want to do something finance econ related yeah because i think that's like what i like to that's what i like liked about school those have been my favorite classes finance and econometric classes or data classes um but i didn't know that i should have been looking for jobs fucking six months ago five months ago yeah you know and that that's like i guess that's one of the things that 
I would say that the university needs to be better. You hit on advisors a little bit. Yeah. Not not doing their homework. Yeah, or just or just not letting them know. You I'm know a, what I mean? I'm not one to uh you know, I'm not one to stop someone from doing something in their, their personal life, what they do on their free time during time. But I know personally, working at a downtown bar, that I have a few regulars that are regular advisors down here. And, you know, they're at the bar drinking as oh, much really? as I'm working. <laughs> so it kind of, you know, nice people. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Nothing against them. Like, I'm sure their priorities aren't not straight. But that shows me right there that, like, maybe, you know, someone's not always doing their homework. Maybe they're clocking in, clocking out. There's no extra effort put in for something, a type of career that you almost have to be a little little charismatic with. Yeah, and I think I think some of that has to do with, because uh, like you said, they're nice people. I, you know, I love my advisor. She's she's been awesome. She's mm-hmm. helped me out with you know getting into classes and stuff. And uh, I think they do gen like I think teachers and people that advise and work at JMU or you know whatever they genuinely care about your well being and they want you to do you know succeed after college. And I think. I think that they understand that you're here to get a good job, but I think in your time being like advisors and stuff are just like in their mindset, their main job is to help get you into classes. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's not that they like don't want to help you get into a job or that they think about that kind of thing. I think their attention's just like drawn to just like focusing yeah. on you getting into classes and yeah, like maybe giving you a job. Yeah. 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 And, you know, I mean... It was a good thing Good thing about, like, Blue Ridge, my advisor over there, like, she was a previous nurse. And, mm-hmm. uh, like, when I got directly linked to her, she deals with, like, pretty much any student going into, like, anything medical-wise. Because mm-hmm. she'll, like, tell you, like, the direct path. Like, yeah. exactly how it needs to be done. Because, like, this is what's looked at, like, to get into these exact programs. Like, this is what you need to do. Like, this is when you need to fill your schedule. This is when you don't need to fill your schedule. And like, but like, it was because she's been there. Like, she mm-hmm. went back to school and then decided to like work, you know, you know, in in the school after. Mm-hmm. But she worked in the field first, so she was in same yeah. shoes as a lot of students before. So she knew she, she just she had it down to exact science yeah. on what you need to do. So I felt really comfortable with her, and like I got directed right to her like immediately when I started going there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just off my interest, and I, I, I've been grateful for that ever since. You know what I mean? For sure. And, and with, with and a subject, out. yeah, with a subject like that, I mean, I think I wish you know business was more like that, because in nursing or medical, like you do have direct paths. You know, yeah. there's certain things you have to do to get yeah. to where you want to go. Yeah. Dude, business, it's, it's all over the dry. place, man. Yeah. I mean, like, you, you, there's so many avenues to get to your final destination that it's like, I mean, somebody could recommend something, but, I mean, that might not be the best avenue for you. That might not get you shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, yeah. you know, it's it's kind of just about the experience you get and, like, who you've met and the connections you yeah. make and all that shit. And it's just like, I don't know. I mean, I wish, I wish it was a little more structured, you know. I wish I could just go to fucking, like... Yeah, I wish I could just graduate and then have a job ready for me. <laughs> yeah, like, here's, like people awesome. just recruiting you, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah like, that, that's, like, one one of the biggest blessings since I started working at the clinic was, like, I, I can pick the brains of the, the PT assistant, mm-hmm. the PTAs, the PTs. How did you guys do it? Like, you know what I mean? People have been in the field for 20 years, 10 years. Yep. You know, a recent 
PT student. It's just about the graduate that was in there. Like, so I could pick brains of all levels, me being around it. Like, well, how did you go about it? Like, you know, what was your direct path? Like, what, what classes would you have done differently? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so I can sit there and ask all these questions. Like, you know, people that were in like other fields, like, which area of physical therapy, you know what I mean? And like one lady that works in there, like she started out as a nurse and went into physical therapy. And like, so I'm sitting in there like asking all these direct questions. People have already been there just trying to like make my own, you know, little idea out of everything. And it's helped so much because they've all been through it. And I'll just ask a bunch of questions about like when they were at my level, you know what I mean? Like, what did you struggle with? Like, and it's just such good exposure being around it because they've already been through it. So I can just pop questions anytime I hear them, and it's just been, I mean, the fact that you know I got a, I got a job through like one, probably my my biggest mentor that uh, that I've ever met. Um, it's just it's I couldn't be more grateful for that. Yeah, you're you're on the right track. Man. Yeah, awesome. I was I was pretty happy because because then you know when I when I'm at your point I'm not gonna I feel like I'm not gonna be as as blank maybe. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I yeah, say that now, sure. but I feel like. I'm gonna have a little bit more of a de- of idea, like what, like what I want to do. You know what I mean? Like, like exactly where I want to work in, like what environment I want to work in. <laughs> Low key, the podcast pup. The well, podcast pup is chirping. I think one of the cool things you touched on, and is is something that's brought up in a lot of the other podcasts that we listen to, obviously, is the uh, the mentorship that you have with Jeremy and you know your staff around you, which is really cool. Like, you know. That's something that I haven't gotten yet. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And I, you know, partially because of that, I haven't been like seeking a mentor, so to speak. Podcast pup, shut up. Loki, quiet up. But, um, you know, that's, that's something I would look into when I get into a, you know, a field that I really know that I want to get into or like, you know, yeah. for a job or whatever. But it, I think it's cool that you found that, you know, super early and you can ask those questions. And I mean, you know the listeners yeah. have heard Jeremy. The the dude's incredibly smart. Yeah. knows his shit. Has been practicing it for a long time. At ten years. Yeah, now? and yeah. you're just. I mean, it's just like so. I'm just trying to be a sponge. Yeah, you. yeah. And but like like I said, I got like that's why I'm so blessed for the opportunity because like it was very coincidental. Like I just happened you know to know know a person and the person like knew me enough to where he trusted me where the opportunity got presented that wouldn't be presented to everyone at like my level. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, uh, it's just been great just because, cause like you said, having that mentor, being able to answer those questions for me along the way is just great. But like, that's not something everyone gets. Like it's, it's to, to it's fall tough to the, for that to, yeah. yeah, for you to fall in line with something like that is like very tough. And, you know, if I wouldn't have, have waited to make a decision on what I wanted to do career wise, I would have been just as blank, you know what I mean? So well, I mean, just, just think about in. just think about the steps that got you to there. I mean, like, if you wouldn't have moved to Harrisonburg, if you wouldn't have been so involved in the gym, like, you would have yeah. never met Jeremy. Like, yeah. Just all the building blocks that led up to that this led point up to that, that yeah. just doing this, ment- you know, having this mentor, which is, like, super cool to think about. Like, yeah. everything just fell in it line. It fell in me. line, you know what I mean? Like, little could I have told you, like... You know, two years yeah. ago, this is where things would be. But you know, enjoying it absolutely every every step of the way, just trying to take it all in. It's like 
too much almost some days. I'm just like, I need to pull out like a notepad almost, but yeah, it's, it, it's cool, man. Do you take notes when you're with them or, I mean, it's all kind of Not really because I see it pretty much every day. Yeah. A lot of stuff doesn't really change, you know what I mean? The only thing that I've noticed like clinic wise is like a lot of the exercises are pretty universal with clinics. I mean, some clinics do a few things differently, but they're pretty universal. Um, all clinics are doing, you know, same exercise for the same injuries. It's just the evaluation steps are a little better um, for certain people. And then obviously, you notice a difference in styles depending on, you know, who the who the PT is or who the PTA is. It's like how they work with, with uh, patients and whatnot. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, it, it, it's been good just to try to pick it up every day. Like at first I was like, I don't know how I'm going to remember all this. And then I started to realize that everything was so – in such a pattern mm-hmm. that now I like I'm starting to get it down. Obviously, I see different stuff every day I'm in there, but overall, you know what I mean. If someone has an ankle or a, or a knee injury, like same m- most of the same exercises are gonna apply, and then depending on like the level of their injury, like but the same exercises they're gonna build into. You know what I mean? It's just like knowing like how to listen to them on what's too much, what's enough, and like something I have to that I think I do well at. Um, but I have to watch myself with is pushing people. Like sometimes can't be pushed. Right. Cause you know, if I see someone improving one week, next week, you know, they get on the bike and, uh, I'm like, well, you were on level two last week. Let's go up to level four. Yeah. And then some of them love it. Now they're more like, dude, fuck this guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? But in my head, I'm like, we have, if we're, we got to progress, you know what I mean? We have to progress. Yeah. yeah. And you're and, thinking uh, about their mentality being the same as yeah, your mentality. Yeah. So and then I noticed a little different too from like, like you would notice something like this. Like you would do this if you like, like I was, I was like monitoring like a, you know, like an older patient that uh, got already got done with his, had a knee replacement, but he's like paying to come in there and like do his workouts that he was doing there to keep, you know, rehabbing it wants to keep strengthening his knee. And he was doing leg press, like single leg leg press, and like, I was like, dude, like, they, like, I guess in his workout plan that was made for him, which was made for him by someone who was really educated in that field, but not like someone that probably like does leg press like in their free time. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were like, he was like, yeah, you know, I'm just doing this leg. And I'm like, well, do your left leg too, like even though that's not injured. And he's like, why? I'm like, why do you want to get one leg bigger than the other? And he was like. It's good. It's like eighty year old man. It's like, a good point. It's a good point. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, man. I was like, come on now. I was like, your knee's almost back now. I was like, so if you're gonna work it, yeah. work on both out yeah. now. We don't have to just do the the hurt side anymore. Like, you know, the injured side's not the only side that needs needs worked. Like, work on both. Like, get both bigger. You know what I mean? And it's funny that like, it, but it doesn't get thought about like that. Yeah. And if you're not like a fitness guy, that's right. also watching someone do that right. and you're just thinking get them better you know what i mean yeah but and i'm thinking like now nah, let's work let's let's build <laughs> so what's the most common injury that you see in there i see a lot of my neck injury and i see a lot really? of people suffer and there's not much physical therapist can do for it so you know i i i was very critical of it when i went in the clinic last year my first ever uh, pt experience i was like you know, it was temporarily here on my payment. There wasn't much for it, you know. And after, it's been over a year since I've been injured. I haven't been able to compete since. And I'm, 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 I'm slowly getting back to healthy, but my pain's pretty much gone away. Wake up with my neck stiff in the morning. Now I'm just kind of like trying to re-strengthen it for the next like two months before I start grappling again, which I'm like super stoked about because I kind of had to detach from it to actually start really healing. 
I see a lot of disc injuries, you know what I mean? Just because it's something that, like, obviously with grapplers and wrestlers, it's going to come more common, but... Um, Has Jeremy ever uh, looked into the reverse hyper? Yeah, yeah, which is really good for lower back. Uh, okay. uh, really good for lower back disc injuries. But you see a lot of the Does neck ones, one? which... Are, no, oh, no. Okay. Gotcha. You see a lot of the neck ones, though, that are, that are common for just sleeping as people get older. But I wouldn't even say that's the most um, common. Probably a shoulder... A shoulder and knee, a lot, a lot of knee replacements and rotator cup tears. I mean, I think like it's like one out of every three people has a rotator cup tear or something like that, and doesn't even know it. You know, you what's use your shoulders a, for everything. Yeah, what's kind of the prescription for that? Like, have you ever tried the hanging thing? Like, yeah, I'm just like I'm curious because it's, I, yeah. it's great, but if it's too far gone, yeah. like you got to build up to that. Um, but yeah, hanging, you know, from a bar, as long as you can't, it stays not only good for your grip, but your shoulders too. Mm. A lot of band work, you know what I mean? Um, dumbbells with just, you know, light dumbbells, just like called like I's, like W's and T's, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. just like, yep. almost like you're making a little dance routine with your arms, just yep. like, you know what you would think, just slowly rebuilding them and getting them, getting them stressed out. And the bands are really good just cause you're. You're really stretching, stretching everything and pulling it apart, because like like Jeremy Tut like always says like he has some like powerlifter come guy comes in there, and like you know he's like one of those guys not he's not really injured but hurt. There's a difference between being injured and hurt, mm-hmm. and uh, he's more like hurt like you know deadlift some days and has some just some pain from you know just maybe a wrong movement. You know how it is. Well, he's been coming in just Jeremy stretches him out, runs him through band workouts and stuff. And, like, just where he's getting flexibility, like, he's getting way stronger. Because mm-hmm. you can't – you can only get so strong without being flexible. So flexibility is, like, key with continuing to build your strengths. You it's kind of like a trade-off. Or so I hear is that, like, you can get too flexible. Yeah. And that diminishes strength. You, const- you constantly have to stair-step it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, one day, strength. Next day, just loosen everything up. Flexibility, maybe some yoga. Right. So I mean, I, I just know. Kind of like the pattern. Yeah, I just know from like a lot of the power lifters and stuff that I I listen to. Um, I mean, they definitely don't static stretch. Like I think that's pretty universal now. Is like static stretching before working out isn't necessarily beneficial for you. No. You know what yeah, I mean? yeah. Like more you dynamics stuff and stuff more, like yeah. that. But um, a lot of them talk about how they have gone through a period where they have like tried to work on flexibility. And sometimes they reach a point where they feel too flexible and they feel like <coughs> like they almost prefer having a little tightness. And that's where they get the most explosiveness and the most strength from. But when they feel too flexible, it kind of diminishes some of their strength. Yeah, I think it all, all it, in the end it all comes down to what do you want? Mm-hmm. You know, do you want to be healthy and look pretty good and, uh, you know, and, but feel real well? Or do you want to be really strong and kind of, you know, have be hurting a little bit? Like, if you want to be super, super strong, like, as strong as you can be, like, yeah, you probably can't be that flexible. But you also probably, that's probably not the healthiest move. Yeah, right. So it's just, I guess it all comes down to where your goals are at, you know, at the end of the day. But I think to, like, level up in strength, you have to continue to stretch and gain flexibility a little bit just to prevent injury. Well, at least then just, you get held yeah, back yeah, yeah. and then, then, then you have to make up that strength. So there's got to be a little happy medium. For sure. There. And there's definitely a little bias in us listening to uh, profound power lifters because that's what they do for life. And yeah. They, they got 
their science down to a T for powerlifting strictly, but somebody like me, you, and the you know general population that yeah. kind of just wants to be able to fucking still lift when we're eighty, improve the like, PTs you know, too, like, just like regularly, still work out and yeah. feel good. Like obviously, you know, flexibility is huge. Um, so what's like? Do you have a lot of younger people that come in, or is it like? Well, since it's an Elkton and it's a like an out outpatient clinic, it's like. You know, mostly older patients. Like the one here in Harrisonburg is sick because you know a lot of, a lot of younger people, a lot more sports injuries, um, but a lot more older people um, out there just because of the area. You know, people sent from from doctors and coming back from like surgeries, which I would say is probably not my favorite thing to like work with. But you still have to know how to and know how to relate yeah, to those people. And and especially they're going to be more stories. prone to have injuries. Yeah, exactly. Reason. That's part of that's part of the gig. But I find it super awesome when I get to work with younger guys. Like right now, Spotswood has two. They have a few. What I understand, a few basketball players, but they have two D one athletes right now that are both coming in there right now from Little Spotswood. They have a kid that uh, just um, sprained his ankle. Nothing too big. Um, He's going to play baseball at WVU in Spotswood, Um, and he sprained his ankle trying to show off and dunk. He's like six foot eight, like throws like ninety at like eighteen. But you know, just to, I guess get to get to work with them and get to, you know, learn, see people work with them and and what they're doing for them. And now that like he's almost back to being healthy, like have him doing more like high level balance drills that are more focused on like. You know, him pushing off his foot for pitching and stuff. You know, anytime you can be a part of someone's uh, someone's journey, I think is just unique. Like, it's it's pretty fulfilling. You know, you, you get a little, you, you, you know, this, you, you smile with that. Because you know, like, you know, that, that kid's has potential to do really big things. And, like, you're getting to see him recover and know that he's going to go on. And, you know, who knows? Like, the sky could be the limit for this kid. You know, he's... You know, you remember what it was like being 18 and being an athlete, yeah. and oh, yeah. it's cool. It's cool to you know work with them and get to have like a little a little bit of you know, get to just help the little bit I can, you know, and and I'm sure you know Jeremy's been doing that for a career, and you know if you any if you could get to do that with like just athletes would be awesome. Like if I could just work with like stretch out fighters or something, like that'd be almost a dream. And there's another kid that comes in there from from Spotswood as well. He plays. Uh, he's a football player. Right now, he's getting looked at by Tech and JMU. Um, tight end. Um, he came in there for a rotator cup tear. He's about back to healthy. So it's cool. Like, you know, if I go, like, set him up just on a bike or something, uh, I can, like, really ramp up his, like, level. Like, because I know he's a tough kid. Like, I can, like, push him. Like, he's going to do it. And, like, you see that how much willing these athletes are a lot. Not all the older patients, but you see how much willing, more willing these younger athletes are to to get better um, just because their drive to get healthy and get back it's it's nice to see that yeah that's awesome um, I wanted to go back to the neck injury thing I know you said that there's not a lot you can do with a neck injury so is there preventative measures that you strengthening can strengthening it um, but like you know, how do you the, strengthen it you know what I mean so I mean, like my like erector spine like the like that runs down along kind of like the protect, protecting like layer that comes you know down along the spine 
like where it'd be like rhomboid rows. So like mm-hmm. holding dumbbells, like you need to strengthen that. Like I've also noticed like I had strong lats. Like I've done a lot of pull-ups growing up. But, but because of that, I wasn't working like muscles around my spine, like little muscles, like not working my traps enough. So me being like a grappler and stuff, it was just my injury. I mean, my injury also came just because of like more of an impact injury. But still, it had a lot to do with me being not balanced. It's just like with your core. Like your core can only get so strong without your lower back being strong. Right. It's the same thing with a neck. Like every you have to strengthen areas around it. You know what I mean? And so like I'm gonna you know, I'm be doing a lot more shrugs now, a lot more rhomboid rows. Like you know, really trying to strengthen things around it to just help protect it a little more but see the thing is a lot of people have to get surgery and i'm trying to prevent that you know surgeries the ultimate is stem cells which we're our stem cell research i think like all professional athletes that get disc injuries now are just going to get stem cells shot in them and it's like just bone marrow their own like bone marrow stem cells like nothing non-moral about it like well, is this behind? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the place in Panama. Panama that's yeah. the, that's the place to do it. And San Diego's actually got a place. Uh, uh, that's Rogan was saying is working on uh, like Regina, like Reginagine or something. Yeah, that, that's for this. So that would be the ultimate way to go without surgery. Because when you get surgery, sometimes you know someone being young like me that like wants to stay like active, like competitive, and like still be able to be involved in like sports, like surgery, you might not be able to use it again like the way you could before. So you try to prevent that, prevent that as much as you can. I mean, they they, they shoot like they'll shoot on like you know kind of like steroids up in the spot. But based on I never got any of that. Based on some of the clients that come in there, it's just new shit for them. It's just taking yeah, money, you know what I mean? Yeah, just shoot. They're shooting like injections up in there. Cortisone. Yeah, cortisone shots. Exactly yeah. what it is. And like they're it's like, yeah, I don't. They're like, I'm not feeling a damn thing different. Like it just took my yeah. money. It alleviates the symptoms, but it doesn't. Oh, it's like giving someone yeah. a painkiller, man. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, it's that's only temporarily, and then that that temporary release then allows you to think you can use it more, and then you never get better. So it's just it's a false. It's just a false way of recovery, and it's a way our medical system knows how to take money. It's so interesting that we don't look at the, or we don't like stem cells aren't as more or more available in the U.S. We're so behind you know, on it. To me, like at least you know the stuff that Rogan talks about, and like some of the little research that I've done, it just, I mean, it it seems virtually harmless, you know, as far as a safety concern. Yeah, you know, same like day I, procedures. I, I don't think there's anything, you know, as far as cancer. You don't have to be put under, you know, anything like that. And uh, it seems like, you know, most people have it work. And if it doesn't, then it just doesn't. And, you know, I think it's inter- it's interesting that it's like that we don't exhaust all our options before surgery. Like, in my mind, like, surgery should be the last thing. You know what I mean? Because, yeah. like, you're right. Like, once you get surgery... You don't know if you'll have full function. A lot of times you don't have full function mm-hmm. in that. And even sometimes, I mean, you're you're still in pain after surgery. You yeah. Know, it, it, just because you get surgery doesn't mean it, like, fixes the problem. And it, it's weird to me that, like, for something that seems, like, generally safe and I don't know the cost of stem cells, but I'd have to believe that it's a lot cheaper than getting surgery. You know, I, I don't know. Would, I'm would not. You know? I'm not sure. I don't. You know. I don't know. Regardless, I don't think. Regardless, be, I don't think it would be any more. 
So, like, why not exhaust that option? And especially with, you know, like, the stuff in Panama. And I think the place you were talking about, Rogan talks about all the time, that place is in Vegas. Is that... Yeah, and then there's a place in San Diego, too. Yeah, I didn't know know there was one in San Diego. But, um, you know, it's... I I just... I don't understand why you wouldn't try that option first. And especially the success that people have. I mean, if all these athletes and all these... People were, you know, talking about how great this thing is, and you know, why not try it? You yeah, know, I mean, you're shooting active cells in an area where they can rebuild themselves and rebuild yeah. what was wrong there. And I don't know. I think I'm not 100 percent sure. You know, I wrote like an essay on uh, embryonic stem cells, like particularly last semester, and like I don't understand why we're preventing. Like now we know that we. That's not even the way to go. Like, there's other stem cells we can get from other parts of your own body mm-hmm. that are, like, safe, like, not hurting anything else. They're, like, are better. And so I don't understand what it – I don't know if it's, it's – if we're making more money somewhere else. We're just that behind on it. Or we're just letting our – the overall idea of what we thought stem cells were, like, religiously and being embryonic, like, get in the way of it. Which you point it back goes, to those things. I think, it, I think there's a little bit involved of both of them. Like, I, you know, I, I think that the old way of thinking, you know, is with the embryonics still, like, plays a part in why it doesn't get passed and mm-hmm. why it's not allowed. But I'd have to imagine that, you know, like, Big Pharma or, you know, uh, other people that treat, you know, these type of injuries don't want to lose money on it. You know what I mean? Well, like, then, I mean, this... So I had to, to imagine they're fighting against it. This is completely me talking shit. I don't know, but I personally think you could probably make a correlation to you shoot some stem cells in someone. They're probably not going to be in too much pain. They're probably going to get better. Well, pharmaceutical companies lose money. Exactly. That's what Rehab I'm saying. Rehab centers Big pharma, lose money. Like for sure. You know what I mean? Like, so it's like, yeah. So like you said, it's just like, I mean, because we, it's no secret now that we love, it, and it, it makes me sick to my stomach. You know, we're at, I would probably say we're at a, our biggest epidemic is a sugar ep- epidemic that we sweep under the rug. But behind that, we have a painkiller prescription drug epidemic right now that we pl- completely try to disregard as an epidemic. And we have a country that's relying on them. I was, I was reading something crazy. I'd have to pull it up on my phone, but it was some crazy statistic because, like, West Virginia is, like, has yeah. more painkillers than, like, any other state. Mm-hmm. And, like, it was, like, a couple, like, hundred thousand for the amount of people that are in one town. Like, they were, like, comparing it to the amount of people in one town to to the amount of actual pills that are, like, sent to this town on average. And it was, like, enough to, like, kill the whole town. And that's saying that it, everyone like in the, the town, town even takes some. Yeah, well, it was, like, the whole yeah. town. I, I think I've, I think they talked about that on Rogan. Yeah, yeah. And I think, like, the statistic was essentially, like, you know, uh... Statistically, like the whole town's on fucking painkillers. Yeah. I mean, obviously, not everybody's on painkillers, but like the amount of painkillers per person. Like, yeah. It kind of shows that everybody's on painkillers. Me and you are both from Winchester. Uh, a lot of our listeners are from Winchester. It's no secret what we're talking about right now is a huge deal in our own hometown. We saw a lot of people close to us, acquaintances we know, suffer from that exact thing. You know what I mean? It, it's, a, it's a hard road to go down. And it's starts with doctors right there given that and and it's a lot to do with diet it's no it's not being educated on diet it like really 
I loved seeing it. This uh, this eighty year old man that came in the clinic, you know, eighty some, eighty couple years old, had a knee replacement. Plays a lot of golf. Very active dude. Good spirit. He literally walked out of a new knee replacement surgery. Walked out of there that day, on on his two legs. Knee just replaced. Walked out of there that day. Took his prescription drugs for like one day. When he came in the clinic, the like a couple days later for uh for to start his like rehab, he's like, man, I threw that shit away. He's like, it's stuff. I don't need that. And and then and then on part of why this guy's surgery went so well, not only did he have a good surgery, but part of the reason his recovery, everything, is his diet. He he had a naturally good diet, so his diet was doing more for him than those prescription drugs. Which like that's why doctors, you know, I hear people talk about it all the time. Like doctors write those prescriptions because they don't, they're not nutrition buffs, and uh, you know that's that's a lot of the issue. Is a good diet can replace a lot inflammation. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Blueberries, fish oil, krill oil. Like there's these things you can take. You know, kale, like vitamin E, like coconut, coconut oil, coconut products, like things that are like are made to bring inflammation down without giving you this false sense of pain relief. For sure, and I'm. It's not saying that like. You get out of surgery or whatever, and then you just have a good diet, and you can replace that with whatever. You like, still yeah. might have some pain. That's just part of <coughs> diet's it. Diet's a preventative yeah. thing, and it also gives your body the proper fuel to heal mm-hmm. those pro- to heal whatever faster and to keep the inflammation down. The one thing with painkillers is like, I feel like you know, in the same sense of of sugar, some people just get hooked on painkillers because like the idea is that these painkillers are safe. And they treat, and like for a while, I mean, like it wasn't even really talked about that they are addictive. So people yeah. get hooked on these things, and it's like, it's not necessarily their fault. I and mean, you almost kind of feel bad. You for do, them, you, you know? do, because they don't even know what's going on at they the don't time. Even because realize the it. prescription says they can have it. Just because the doctor says they can take yeah, it, exactly. that means it's not addictive. Because the doctor says it's not a street drug, means that it's not bad for you. You know exactly. what I mean? And it's like, it's like we're just tricking our own society and, you know, we're making our society weak. And I think it happened back in China, like, a long time ago back, where their society suffered from, like, a, an opium, like, epidemic where their, like, empire started to fall. Yeah. And in, like, a sense, we're kind of under that. And, like... Yeah, I mean, I don't think in, it's in a as way. bad. I just think... I think it's sad that, like... You know, for years, people think of these drugs as safe. They think of them as non-addictive, and they need it for, you know, their pain or whatever they're going through, and then they end up getting addictive. And I know, like, in Florida, they used to have, like, actual fucking, you know, pharmacies full of these drugs because they were so... Yeah, so Florida many were prescribed. Yeah, so many were prescribed that they would build these wings onto hospitals or separately... Um, of nothing but fucking painkillers, and you could just walk in there, grab your shit, get out, and that. Long story short, that's how it, like you know trickled up the East Coast. Was like, they called it like what the uh, the Oxy Highway, or the Opioid Highway, yeah, or some yeah. shit like that. But then you know they just they close all those down and they take that away, and you know fucking prices of these pills skyrocket. You know on the black market or on the you know regular market or whatever. And then people are left to turn to heroin. Yeah. That's where I think it's sad. Yeah. You know, granted, like, you you shouldn't, everything's good in moderation, including moderation. And I think, like, they're playing Russian roulette at that point. Yeah. But at the same time, it's sad that, like, 
you well, know, you get hooked on these pills unknowingly, and then when you do find out, they take away your source, and then the cheapest route is heroin. And and the the truth is, you know, and back to we can take this back to what you said about finding a job. Is at the end of the day, it's your choice. Yeah, and and, and we suffer as a society from something called mental toughness, which you're 100%. not born with. Is something you develop, and we are an overall a, a weak, pampered down society now. That's why we suffer from things like these. People resort to the easy way out because dealing with the pain and facing the pain head on is not the easy way out. Putting something in your mouth that's gonna temporarily make you not think about that and change up your mindset is the easy way out. That's when I saw an 87 year old man say, "I don't need, I don't need that shit. I don't need that." I'm like, "That's because that's a mentally tough guy. That's also why he's been active. That's also why he eats well, because he would rather deal with the pain because he knows that that's that's bullshit. But it's just it's 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 a mental toughness. You know, wake up, wake up and fucking run." You know, do other things. You know what I mean? Build your your toughness up, your mental fortitude up to do things. And that's the part of it. People look for the easiest way out. Yep. They, and, the, and then they have someone to blame. And if they would just face uh, the little bit of temporary pain they have, you know, for a little bit of time, they wouldn't be stuck with these addictions. It's And it all comes down to the day. Like, I, I you know, I tell people it's not... It's it. This is this is a subject that I I'm like very passionate about just because of the people I've saw suffered from it, and it's just it's I understand it's addictive, and I'm not saying I don't have that in me, but what's gonna separate me from some of my peers that have fallen that have fallen to this is the fact that the day that the street drug or the day that the doctor asked me for my neck if I would have went in there if I'd need them. I'm saying no from the get because before okay if you're if you're a first generation when this stuff came out okay you didn't really know now the facts are on the fucking table we yeah. know what 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 the road leads down now so now it's the decision of you saying no knowing where that can go the the possibility is where that goes just by saying once the first time and that comes down to mental toughness yeah and it it all circulates back to mental toughness cuz like some pain i think you know what I mean? You might these pills do have a purpose. I think there is some pain that yeah. might not be able to be overcome by your mental fortitude. No, coming out right out of you a surgery I mean? or yeah. getting put down. You probably or something. need yeah. these pills, but the the difference between you and somebody else that doesn't have that mental toughness is you could take your full prescription, and honestly, if you were to abuse it, you probably could. You know, take more than you're recommended. Yeah, I'm not a but moderate when, individual. But when it's so, up, yeah. or when you know you said enough is enough, I mean, you would get over it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like versus somebody who just stays hooked. Mm-hmm. You know, the party must come to an end, as the, as the, as the saying goes. And tomorrow, you know, tomorrow is Wednesday morning. Tomorrow, I will wake up and I will go to work, and that's just how it should, things should be. Exactly. Be, be yeah. seen, you know, and. It just it, it it makes me sad, and now that there's so many people that are suffering from it, it's easier for more people to use the excuse because everyone else, because them, because them. But the doctor is okay. And how how do, you, do you see all the other people that are addicted to it? That should be more reason for you to turn away from it then, not to fall subjective to it. So it's just like you're you're looking for the easy path. You know what I mean? And some of the toughest people that I've 
thought that I've ever met in my life have suffered from these things. You know what I mean? And some, some you know, we listen to a podcast that has a, a, a fucking incredibly tough guy on there. He talks about his, you know, his, uh, how he's fallen under prescription drugs. Almost dying. Yeah, yeah and almost dying from it. And, have, and it's just, like it's a shame. He said the other day he was taking like 30, 40 Percocets a day. That's fucking nuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just. <laughs> and he overcame it, but, you know, it, it all circles back to that that mental toughness. And, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's it's whether you want to let that thing control you or you control it. Yeah. And I think a lot of it has to do also with surrounding yourself with, you know, good people. If you surround, if you're addicted to drugs, or opioids or whatever. Whatever uh, it is, if you're addicted to eating, like going and eating like any, shit. Yeah. You know, going anything. out and getting I mean, drinks five nights a week. If you're hanging with people that eat like shit, if you're hanging with people that do opioids and or whatever other drug like i mean if you're already like kind of addicted to that too like hanging out with those people i mean that's our rehab center's not not the answer it's not yeah it's not helping you you know it's i don't know what is the saying you become the five people you're around the most yeah and i I mean i don't necessarily agree with that totally because like but it's it it stays moderately true to for sure but i just think if it's something that you're already like a habit formed or you're addicted to and you're still hanging out with other people that are addicted to that like it's very unlikely that you know i mean you need to make that change as as shitty as it is to like lose friends and like i know we've talked about before you know cutting people out of our lives it sucks yeah, it fucking sucks. It sucks. It's like, not something you want to do. No, it's it's never something you want to do. But at the end of the day, you have to look at yourself and say, well, here's where I want to go. Yeah, who's the and, person and that who, I want to be? So, so I want to put myself around the people that are want to become the things I want to become or on their own path to become something, to constantly improve their self, try to improve their self 1% every day. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Not someone's going to hold me back. And, uh, you know, that's, that, that's, that's the biggest thing. You you constantly I think you would in find each it, stage have yeah. to have to And if you surround grow. yourself with those people that aren't doing the habits and you know, doing doing the stuff that that will make you the person you want to become or like yeah, examples yeah. of people that you wanna become yeah. it is a lot easier to overcome whatever you need to overcome versus you trying to overcome that addiction or habit when you're hanging around with yeah. the people doing the when same thing. You habit. see it every yeah. day or you see people under the influence of it every yeah. day. You see people going to the donut shop every morning. You know what I mean when you when you when you go with them somewhere right, or whatever. Yeah. You know it's so it's yeah it, it you have to constantly develop, and if the people if the people around you aren't doing what you want to do or on the path of doing something like you would like to be doing, like then you probably need to find you know a different friend group. And we've talked about it. it's it's fucking hard. You know. I have some great friends I grew up with, some friends that uh, I that aren't replaceable, you know what I mean, by any means. But I can't spend the time with them anymore. I'd like to spend with them. And that's simply because I'm a young adult and this is the stage of my life where I can I, I can fail right now and and still but but and learn from failures and continue to, to build. But I can't if they're not on what I'm on, then I'm obviously not gonna see them a lot anymore. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it's like, I have to surround myself right now with the people that I want to become or people that want to become things I want to become, people that have this similar interest as me, because I have to be tunnel fucking vision to that. Yeah. And you can't have, you know, things pulling you out of that lane. For sure. Because tunnel vision means straight. 
looking straight. And when other someone else is in another lane than you, they're trying to pull you out of that lane. It might just be for an evening or a night. It's good. Go have a good time. Having a good time is good. But uh, I, you know, I, 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 I told Paige the other day. You know, she was like, "You shouldn't be so hard on yourself." But I said, uh, "Last week, she was like, you 'You're going to go have fun.'" Oh, it was Friday night. I got off work late. Long week. Um, I would say a week where I didn't improve on paper. Um, you know, slipped up on my, my first time slipping up this semester in school. Um, got broken a workout. Now, granted, I didn't. I failed in those little um, tasks, but because I recognized that I failed. And I didn't. I grew from recognizing that, but I, I told her she was like, "Well, you should just go have fun." And uh, I was like, that, "I don't think that's the way to handle it." I was like, "I celebrate when things are going right. If I do things right, I'm going to go celebrate." It's Friday night. It's eleven o'clock. I just got off work. It's been a long week. It's over now. I can only grow from this week. I was like, but you know what I'm going to do? I was like, I'm going to the gym. And I was like, I'm just I I I, I can't do anything real physical. It's the first time I walked in a while. It was like eleven o'clock at night. I was like, I'm just going to kick the fucking bag. No one's in there. I'm not going to be hurting my neck or anything. But I'm just going to kick the fucking bag for 20, 25 minutes. And I'm going to get better. And I'm going to completely let go of everything right right here and right there. But that's how I'm going to handle this. I'm not going to go out and have some drinks. I didn't earn those drinks. Right. I didn't get better that week. You know what I mean? So that's, I don't feel like celebrating is a, is a way to cope with things that's just me i know i know i'm a little 100%. i know you're the same way we both are a little Dude. hard on ourselves in those those aspects but that's just that's just how i am and i want to bring up oh man that just made me think of something i listened to this morning and if you haven't downloaded it already which i just found out about it literally yesterday and as soon as i saw it i was like that's me click download and it's an app it's called pep talk and it kind of just takes like inspirational like three to five minute things and like groups them together has some cool background which is cool ass shit you know what yeah, I, mean? I like yeah. listen to it I listen to one in the, in the shower morning, in the morning. and I'm just yeah, like let's go shit. but it was um uh who's that who's that I think he's like uh not CT um he was on business and biceps I don't it's not CT Fletcher uh, the powerlifting guy no that's not it's not CT it's uh Man, I think he's like a priest or something like that. Anyways, I, I, he's 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 huge. Like if if you heard his voice or if you saw one of the videos, like one of his famous videos talks about um, the the guru and the guy who were in the ocean, and the guru got him to go down till his head was below the water and like yeah. held him under there and said, when you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe, then you'll be successful. Yeah. Same guy. And he said a quote this morning, and it just got me fucking fired up. And it related back to what you said about how you only celebrate when things are going good because you didn't want to celebrate then because you didn't feel like you deserved it. And his quote was, said he said something like, I hear people talking about how they want to go to sleep, but you haven't done anything to de- to deserve sleep. Mm-hmm. Basically saying you haven't you haven't worked hard enough to get that sleep. Yeah. You still got work to do. And it just got me fucking fired up, man. That was that was a hell of a quote, you know. Yeah. I, it, I mean it's 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 factual. 
Dude, yeah. you, you should be so dead tired that you know that when you lay down in bed that... I mean, you so, don't need that seven days a week, obviously. No, and not every day, but, but I mean... But if it's a day where you're grinding, that's how it should be. You know what I mean? You should read a book until you can't open your eyes anymore. Mm-hmm. Or at least just do something. I mean, just set like a goal for you. And I think that this is where the conversation we should move to is, you know, kind of goal setting. Yeah, especially with it being a new year. I think it'd be a good yep. thing for some of our yep. listeners. And for instance, like for me, I'm trying to think about, uh, I've been trying to do, just think about small daily wins. It's something I picked up from Tim Ferriss. He like advocates, um, Making your bed every morning, starting your day off with a daily win. Yeah. So I started, like, that's why that's who yeah, I started yeah. doing that from. Yeah. Big on make my bed or write my goals down like in his journal. Mm-hmm. That yep. his five minute journal. So like some of my daily wins, some of my goals are just like habits that I've been like trying to form for 2018 and for the rest of life. Is the first one is read every day, and I think the key to these like small wins is like don't set an amount. You know what I mean? It'd be a lot different. Like, it'd be hard for me to accomplish a goal if I was like, I need to read an hour every day. I need to work out two hours every day. I need to run four miles every day. Make it simple, you know? Make it, I need to read every day. No expectation. Just fucking read. You know what I mean? Granted, myself, I like to read. Typically, it is 30 minutes to an hour. Yeah. But I think you should be be satisfied with... If you can only read 10 minutes... You can only read a read. page that yeah. minute. That's one more page you read that you wouldn't have Exactly. Read. And those things yeah. compound over time to eventually, you know, you will be reading an mm-hmm. hour a day. You know, just because you, you learn to like reading or whatever. So, like, that that's one of them is read every day. And uh, right now, you know, I'm reading the book right there. You can't... The viewers can't see it, obviously, but it's The Intelligent Investor by Benjamin Graham. Um, and I try to read little excerpts of that every day. And if I don't get to that... I try to read uh, the Wall Street Journal, or I try to read something that kind of just propels me, you know, further into my career, some outside knowledge that I can get, not in my college class. And then, yeah, kind of my plan for this whole reading scheme is that for every educational book I read, you know, uh, the Intelligent Investor, um, the the Corey Gregory book, or you know, whatever, yeah. whatever, um, de- you know, development book or educational book that I read, I substitute the next book with uh, some type of fiction. So like right now, you know, I was reading like a Stephen King novel. I was reading The Stand. I finished that. Um, And then after I get done with The Intelligent Investor, I'll start with, uh, well, I I guess the second book in the Dark Tower series, another um, Stephen King novel. So, you know, at least, like, I get education and I also get fun. But regardless, I'm still reading every single day. Uh, Another one of my goals is to do pull-up sets every day. Pull-ups has always been my weakest thing. not going to lie to you. I can only do, like, six, eight pull-ups on a good day. You know, good ones. Fucking chest to bar, dead hang, back up. Real you know, pull up, but yeah, and it's it, that's weak as shit. I've always wanted to do it, and then, um, you know, I just and that that's another thing that I don't cap. I'm not like I need to get max pull ups every day. Well, I'm not saying I need to do fucking ten pull ups every day, yada yada yada. It's just I need to do a pull up set every day. I need to do just as many as I can do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Regardless if that's like today, my max was fucking five because I cranked out a shit ton of them yesterday. I was just fucking sore. If 
But I'm still satisfied with five because that's five more fucking pull-ups than I would have done any other day. Mm-hmm. And that, I think that's going to get me to my ultimate goal. Uh, the third goal or third habit that I've created is I drink a daily smoothie. And I like... Man, I can't stress enough how like important that is to my life right now, at least in terms of just like feeling good. Getting and, those you know, greens oh, in there, man, yeah. dude. The kale, the fruit, the spinach, and then usually like you know I'm still doing my my uh, intermittent fasting. So I, I do too. Eating at 10 oh yeah, and, oh know, yeah. Start eating at twelve. Right on. And the first meal is always one smoothie and then a bowl of veggies. And that just gets me going right, dude. You know what I mean? So sets the sets the tone. Yep. And those are those are the three things that I've you know definitely tried to improve on. What about you? Well, I said I guess you know some goals carried over from last year. I was because I because I hurt my neck. You know, I, some of my fitness goals, some of my jujitsu goals, my competitor goals um, carried over. So you know, one thing I really wanted to emphasize was a uh, wake up and stretch. You know what I mean? So now I'm taking time out of the morning to wake up and stretch. Um, last year, I got into making my bed and writing my goals down every morning like Tim Ferriss. That was something I added last year that I noticed huge improvements from. As well as I try to – I don't do the smoothies the first thing a day, but I'll do like a more like carbohydrate-based smoothie in the evening. Mm-hmm. I just say that because it still has my greens in it. It's got some blueberries in it. But that's because I throw my, uh, my uh, cashew butter in there um, just because I heard that, you know, intermittent fasting with me not working out until – I work out at like my lunch break on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays when I'm at the clinic. So I need those carbohydrates before I go to bed. If I'm more of a high fat based guy, but I need those carbohydrates um, to carry me, have that energy for my workout yeah, the next well, morning. Yeah, what's funny you were, you just said that because um, I was thinking about switching my smoothie to the end of the yeah. day to where I would get those because like from what I've you know done my research recently or like heard about and stuff is that. Uh, with your intermittent fasting, you should have, you know, your protein and greens, you know, throughout the day. And then, you know, at night, your last meal or whatever should be high carb. Yeah, to carry you through the morning. Well, when I first heard about anabolic fasting, which is a mix between intermittent fasting and anabolic dieting, Corey Gregory's whole death thing, um, that that was his regimen, was it was always meat and greens first meal meat and greens meat and greens second meal and then right before he went to bed or his last meal before his cut off at 10 was uh, a banana or two with peanut butter each bite yeah and that like it would spike his carbs he said he would get like crazy good night's sleep and he's only sleeping four to six hours and he said it was just like the, the, the sleep quality that he would get in those four to six hours would be like sleeping without an alarm clock right, for right. nine. You know what I mean? So, plus he said he would wake up and just feel ready to go because of that car spark. Mm-hmm. So, that's cool that you're doing that. And I'm actually considering doing yeah, that. Yeah, well. because I, I, I used to do mine as my first one as well, mm-hmm. which I, I noticed, you know, you feel great throughout the day. So, it's like. It, it, Regardless, it, yeah. I feel like, I mean, whether or not you, you do the smoothie or greens or whatever, beginning or end of the day, yeah. or whatever. I mean, just that, just that change alone, just oh, it's, it's I, it, dude, it just makes you feel great. Um, something else I added was uh, was doing um, uh, my mushroom extract uh, that I that I got. Um, I got some from some. My girl got me some for Christmas, um, and but I, I got some before that, which we were just talking about before the podcast started. You were talking about how you were thinking about getting the coffee. You know, yeah. I, I said I tried the. Uh, that was line, I tried the lion's mane extract first. Now I'm doing the chaga. Uh, the chaga. So 
I'll put a little bit of that in my water in the morning, and then I've been doing apple cider vinegar as soon as I wake up, and now I'll do apple cider vinegar before every meal, and I, because the mushroom extract, I realized isn't as, when I was taking it the first time, it, I wasn't getting the full benefits because I wasn't mixing it with a fruit juice to make it more active. Hmm. So now I either do lemon juice or I'll do lemon juice and apple cider vinegar. And you don't just want to take a shot of the apple cider vinegar because the vinegar can be too like acidic for your teeth. So now I'm mixing them together. So that's a routine I've got into doing every morning. Um, that, that's been a, a big one for me this year that I've added that can I'm noticing benefits Can you tell noticeable difference like right away from doing that? As far I, as like brain function? I, I mean, feel like, like my brain's ticking a little better. Um, and then I know the apple cider vinegar is really good for diet, for gut biome. I have read that, yeah. So that's just that, that's for my gut. But then the mushroom extract, yeah, I'm noticing on days I take it, I'm, I'm a little bit more focused. I've noticed like where I really can tell is if I read something I t- that I would usually have to maybe reread. You don't kind of I'm not having to go back through it. I'm comprehending it well the first time on days I take that. So I am noticing a difference there. I'm a little bit more, more focused. I'm a pretty uh, ADD guy, so I've noticed it kind of neutralizes that pretty well. Um, that, that that's something I've added. I'm trying to think of anything else I've added. I've tried to like do like personal things this year with some of my goals, saying like text my sister or call my mom. You know what I mean? So I try to like contact a family member because that's just something that I've like always left out. Like a friend I haven't talked to, which I'm still struggling with that this year. That's something I'm still struggling to, to knock every day. But that's something I've really tried to work on, um, that aspect of things. I'm trying to think of anything else. I would like to do like some core every day. I'm trying to do some foam rolling. I'll do that on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. I like that. Um, other than that, I think those are probably the, the most newest uh, habits. Oh, Winhoff breathing. Dude, I used to do it spontaneously. I'm loving that. Can you though. take me through that that regimen? Because I was actually literally uh, two days ago looking into Wim Hof breathing, and like uh, I, I started taking my dog on walks and stuff, and I'll try to do um, uh, it's it's like light post. Like I, I always call it light post breathing, where you like take a deep breath in through the nose, hold it, and you try to make it to the next light post okay. before you breathe. And uh, apparently, because I, I want to expand lung capacity um, for running, or yeah, you know, I do want to start like swimming and stuff. But I, you know, I, I wanted to work on lung capacity. I know Wim Hof and Jeremy as well is a big proponent of breathing techniques. Yeah. So run yeah. me th- run me through some breathing techniques. Well, Jer- I obviously I'm not that educated on meditation. I need to see like a meditation specialist. I need to see like a medication, like a. Uh, like a meditation specialist, but um, Jeremy does the like hold hold your breath. Like this would be really good for you when you're taking your dog on a walk. Jeremy does the take a breath in, a decent breath, breathe out, mm-hmm. let it out. Then close your close your nose, or if you can just hold it, hold your breath, and then you count your paces. Okay, and then you give yourself good recovery and like. They say if you have really good like really good lung capacity, like a really good athlete, like a swimmer, you're in between like 45 and 60. Um, when I started out, I was only at like 20. Now I'm up to like mid 30s. Yeah. So it's something he really likes to do, um, and that's just count, just take regular paces, count them with no with no oxygen in your lungs. So you just breathe in, breathe out. But when so I, you're well, you're counting it after you breathe out. Yes. You're not holding it. Because okay. if you hold it in, like I I like was didn't know this either, but I guess when you let out. 
your body wants it's what's in your body that's trying to release is what you're fighting for like what you have in but like so you want to release out because if you were to take a deep breath and hold it in then you're going to give out way more okay because you want to release it okay um but the one i've been doing just because everything's about time you can add all these routines in but at the end of the day when you're on a time crunch day you got to make something quick like i said i need more education on meditation but the one I've been doing, I look up online, you just type in like Wim Hof, um, breathing, and there's a guy on there, he does one with, where it's just like, hold your breath for like two minutes. It's just a short little clip, as soon as you talk, type in like Wim Hof breathing method, and I was like, I'm not good like underwater to hold my breath or anything like that, but this thing is freaking awesome. I did it this morning, and you immediately like, feel like you have like a daily high, so you'll... <sighs> Like real extensive, like heavy mm-hmm. breathing, and I think it's a. I, I do it along with the video because it's like viewers do it along. So I just follow that, and I know it's a quick video. It's like three minutes total. Um, you breathe in, breathe out for like thirty seconds, thirty big breaths, like right. making yourself lightheaded. In through the nose, full breath, power yeah. out, like just a balloon. big power Blind out, like a balloon. Yep. And then you take like thirty, and then he times it for you on there and everything. That's why mm-hmm. I've just been using this little video, and um, then you hold your breath. And you go for like two minutes and like he'll like kind of walk you through it. And I literally tried to do it not doing that. And I could only hold my breath for like 50 seconds. I can get, I mean, it's a struggle to get two minutes. So you do, you do the breath. 30 breaths and then you hold your yeah, breath. Yeah, then you immediately okay. hold yep. your breath. Yep. Dude, you can get two minutes. Like this morning, I did two minutes like perfectly. And no I felt way. so great. And he says, he's like, you're, you're, uh, your vocal cords are trying to, you know, they're trying to build their self. That, that's okay. Don't panic. So him telling you that in the background is good, too, and the other guy's doing it along. And I nailed two minutes. First time I did it, I did like a minute, 30, minute, 45. But now I'm like to the point where I can do it right along with the video. And like I, as soon as I let out, dude, I feel like ready to go. That was the first thing I did this morning before I left for class. Or last thing I did, anyways, before I left for class. Like made my bed, everything. That was the last thing I did sitting on my bed, like, before I went, and that I've noticed I really like doing that. It's short and sweet, you know, three minute video, and I feel like it's right to the point. Dude, that's awesome, man. Actually, that was the one thing that I read was the 30 deep breaths, power out like you're blowing up a balloon, and then you hold your breath for as long as possible. Yeah. Time. You know, that's how you show improvement. Um, I'll tell you the one thing that it has helped my breathing, um, and I credit that to Jeremy was talking about breathing through your nose. Yeah. And how he, he made the comment that sick animals breathe through their mouth. So, like, on my way to classes and, like, walking, like, especially, like, walking up the Godwin stairs, which is, like, you know, probably our biggest set of stairs on campus, I try to do it all through my nose, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It's, it's tough on the stairs, for sure. I mean, I can walk to campus or, like... Uh, just mainly anywhere, you know, my transition in life is like I stopped mouth breathing and started nose breathing. Mm-hmm. But I also try to incorporate that in like some type of physical activity. Like walking up the stairs, it's fucking tough. It's freaking but I tough. But I finally got to the point to where I could like, it's still a struggle and it's uncomfortable, but I can like do the whole thing through my nose and then afterwards when I'm breathing heavy, I can still do it through my nose. It's just kind of cool. Tough. Dude, he'll, he'll do it on runs. Yeah. And when like we're running like stairs, like. I'll get ahead of him sometimes. Sometimes I'm only getting ahead of him because he's like trying to focus on his breathing so much. And like when I try to do that, like I've been trying to graduate towards that as well. But dude, when you're like, you know, 
Oh yeah, it's intense. It's hard. Yeah. Just yeah. tell yourself, breathe through your nose. But once you have it trained, apparently, like that's efficient. I'm sure. That's yeah, the way to I'm do sure. it. And um, I don't even know if this is beneficial or whatever. For some reason, in my head, I thought it was, but um, I kind of do like a little breathing technique on the bike. You know, before I lift or whatever, I always get. 10 to 15 minutes on the bike just to get rewarmed up because I usually run in the mornings and stuff. But um, on the bike, I'll do like a minute, uh, you know, just regular. And then once I hit like a certain mark or a target mark that I want to, you know, start at, I'll take a big deep breath and sprint as fast as I can while holding my breath and see how long I can do it. And usually it's only like fucking 15 seconds because that shit's kind of tough, you know what I mean? But oh, yeah. I don't know if it's beneficial. I mean, I, I got to assume it will help lung capacity, yeah. you know, cause you're, you're getting, uh, you're it getting, can't hurt. Yeah. And you're, you're, you're working your muscles with no oxygen. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I feel like it'd be beneficial. I don't know the science well, behind it. I mean, the end of the day too, a lot of these things we're talking about is like, we're making ourselves uncomfortable. We're making ourselves become comfortable and uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And anytime you're becoming comfortable and uncomfortable, that's good. That's yeah. building some type of toughness somewhere, right. training something, um, to, to reach that next climax. And I think if anyone, if any of our viewers can take anything from this right now, you don't have to do the things that me and, uh, me and Tyler are recommending. What really this is all coming back to is just trying to find, create habits and, you know, habits after over time, Mm -hmm. improve things. Um, and that's, that's what's big. And understand that it's, it's a progression. Yeah. If you saw me and Isaac in the gym, the shit that we do in the gym, I mean, there's a reason that, you know, at least me personally, that I can do supersets and tri-sets with every single yeah. phase for an hour to an hour and a half, two hours, whatever. It's because my body's adapted to that. I've been training like that for years now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but you can't expect yourself to, you know, start at that level immediately. Yeah, it's all about progression. Like you don't have to do the things we're doing, but it's just finding that thing to to get you a little better. Better, and that's why I kind of like. That's why I like the habits that I you know form now. I don't I don't set limits on. I don't. It's nice to suck at them too at first. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. You start from it's, square it's, one, then you exactly, see progression. Exactly. And usually, like the little progression, like the little steps, like the little diet steps, the little add-ons, they're like crucially extending elsewhere in your life yeah you know what i mean like yeah i mean you realize it but you don't realize how big of a role that thing plays yeah yeah those little habits how they just they impact the way around you you know your personal relationships like you know relationships with your girlfriend your wife whatever it may be Mm -hmm. you know what i mean anything like that like and that's something i'd like to speak on is um you know i want to revert back to my reading habit daily um the reason that I wanted to try to make myself read daily is because reading is a practice. It really is. It is a skill. Because mm-hmm. I used to be, you know, like you, and the majority of people are, you know, not necessarily you, but people who are very into social media or like don't read articles and stuff. Their retention and their attention span, their, their retention rate and their attention span don't work for reading it's the same it's the same thing that you were just hitting on is you would read something and it's like you have to reread it yeah and you have to keep rereading it or your mind drifts halfway through Mm -hmm. it that's what i mean by it's a skill 
I used to not be like I I mean I've always loved to read. I got away from reading, but just the fact that I've been trying to read daily, I just noticed that I can actually sit down and focus on the entire thing now versus like my mind drifting off halfway through or having to reread a sentence like you know, so I just, that's just something I want to reiterate. That's just like you have to build upon those progressions. You you know, it's everything. Everything takes time, and you will get better. You just gotta keep sticking at it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah, absolutely. All right, brother. Is there anything else you want to touch on? Uh I mean, not too much. This fucking Starbucks cup in front of me is kind of pissing oh, me off. I drink yeah. some delicious coffee out of it, but so uh, old Klaus over here sitting over in his apartment. He's got this Starbucks coffee. Anyone that knows me is I like to shit on Starbucks. I really like supporting local coffee. And A, because I'm a cold brew drinker most of the time. And Starbucks has, I think, shitty coffee universally. But especially their cold brew sucks ass. I mean, like, I mean, sucks ass. Like, I don't <laughs> even know how to express that anymore. Oh, yeah. Two other things I found were fucking funny that I heard from a Jocko podcast. He was breaking down the book of the Art of War. And um, he was... Uh, he was talking about how he was breaking down this book of this guy that was 13, a, a Roman like soldier that started when he was 13 and ended up leading, you know, like when Rome was like mm-hmm. the ultimate force. This dude started at like 13, ended up being like a general all the way till he was like in his 30s, 40s, and it's called the Art of War. Um, yep. And uh, yeah, and he so he breaks it down like the Maurice Collette book, I think. Yep. Yeah, and uh, he was breaking down little points in there that we reflect on now. And like one of them, I thought was really funny. And I, I'm gonna. A lot of my friends are gonna. They I hope they take this one in a, a little well. And eat this one a little bit. And um, <laughs> this one is uh, he he broke down. This is an old scripture that he was saying that man that lifts arms more than legs is weak man. Yeah. Like he was shitting on like That's upper funny. body arm lifting yeah. is n- not very effective for actual life war yep. <laughs> and like so and he was just like man that lifts arms more than like base is key base and is uh key. and i thought that was fucking awesome yep and yep. uh another one he was talking about was wearing which i'm about to, which i'm about to buy into jeremy was big into this i know other people have been in this jeremy's been doing it for seven years now flat no sole shoes mm-hmm. like yeah, converse is like shoes yeah. that don't have any soles yeah. This, I mean, back in the Roman times, this dude was talking about how men that wear men that men and women that wear heeled shoes become weaker because their their feet aren't strong. They can't endure as much um, in certain situations anytime they're carrying stuff. So it's like it was completely sell to me. I was like, all right, no more buying heels. Well, I also like. I mean, I wanted to look into those shoes that Rogan always talks about. It's like the goofy looking fucking shoes that and toe yeah, shoes, the toe, that, yeah. yeah. They have individual slots for each toe and everything, but uh, I mean, apparently, from what he says, you know, like naturally, a human is supposed to run on the balls of their feet, and Nike fucked that up by creating a shoe that was thick in the heel to where the the body developed running on its heel, and apparently. Like once you get adapted to running on the balls of your feet, like there's there's some indigenous uh, group uh, in South America, I think, or Central America, um, where apparently every member of this tribe or whatever uh, they run barefoot, but they can run up to like a hundred, two hundred miles. Every single member. 
Nice. You know what I mean? So I was thinking Dude. about getting something like that. Um, the old stuff. Some things just don't change. Yeah, sometimes the, the classics. We try to change yeah. shit up and we just fuck shit up. Sometimes. sometimes. <laughs> and, so, and then we improve it in, like yeah. science. Now, now we can put clone people and stuff. I'd like to see a clone of myself. I would whoop its ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a topic for another yeah, day. Yeah, alrighty. Want to want to close up shop? Shut her down. Shut her down. All right. All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Yep. Uh, we're gonna, I yeah, we'll, we're gonna be back with these frequently. Um, no more, no more elongated breaks. Yeah. We're back in it. Um, the, the wait's over. We have our own mic. No more excuses this time. So, all right, guys. All right. Keep it cold, Harrisonburg, because I'm going snowboarding next week.